welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Let's be friends. Welcome to the ICU podcast. This is episode 40 for little kids and big adults. Good news, my friends. I found my mic. (laughs) Hopefully the quality is a little bit better than last week's intro. I had such a cool opportunity to do a message for mothers. If you hop over to my Facebook page, the ICU podcast Facebook page, you can check that out, especially if Mother's Day is a difficult time for you. I hope that I help you to feel seen during this time and why I think this holiday applies to you no matter what your stage of life is. The review for this week, it's entitled Best Podcast and it's by Phoenix Matt. Five stars. It says, I absolutely love this podcast and choke up at the end every time she says, I see you. What an amazing message. We can't be there for people if we don't see them. So grateful for all those that have been vulnerable and have shared their stories with Julie and have allowed us a glimpse into their lives. Love the compassion that is shown, and I hope everyone in my life can say, she sees me. That's beautiful. Thank you. If you would like to support the podcast and the mission of this, you can go to my website, icupodcast.com, and click on support the podcast and see ways that you can do that. So I've had a lot on my mind about comparison lately. I listened to a really awesome speech yesterday done at a university about comparison specifically and how damaging it can be. As I thought about how comparison hurts me in my own life, I kept coming back to the conversations I have had with over probably a few thousand kids now about self-acceptance specifically. I'd never thought about how the idea of self-acceptance and comparison relate until now. So here goes. Welcome to Julie's brain. I'm going to pretend like you're sitting here Indian style in a school gym, listening to me in an assembly. This is kind of what I'd tell you. Hey there, my name is Julie Lee and I'm so excited to hang out with you today. Raise your hand if you are in second grade. I used to teach second grade. I love second grade. I am also a mom of two kids and I love to read to them. I love books. I also wrote a book and I am here to tell you about it today. This is a story of a princess, but instead of growing beautiful shiny hair, this princess grows broccoli for hair. She has to do all sorts of things to keep it fresh. She has to rinse it in the sink and trim the moldy ends. She even has to sleep in the refrigerator once a week just to keep it from wilting. What's worse is villagers are always trying to eat it. There's one night where this princess is complaining to her pet frog. A fairy godmother shows up. Out of nowhere, she shows up through the window and she says, Broccoli Punzel, you have been complaining so much. I have no choice but to come intervene. Do you really want me to get rid of your hair? And Broccoli Punzel says, yes, please take it away. Change my hair, make it normal. I just want to be normal. And the fairy godmother says, okay, but I'm going to give you a day to think about it. I'm going to give you 24 hours and I'll be back at midnight tomorrow night. And if you really want me to get rid of your hair that you were born with, I'll do it. That night, Broccoli Punzel, she goes to sleep and she's thinking of all these terrible things she has to do to keep her hair healthy and nice. But at the same time, she does find herself feeling a little nostalgic about it, but mostly she's just excited and she falls asleep and she dreams about a life without broccoli. So the next day, she's walking on Yellow Brick Avenue and she actually meets a homeless man in this story. And he looks so sad and she asks him, are you hungry? And she can tell that he is. 
And she finds some scissors, some mysterious scissors in her satchel and she cuts off her hair and she gives him some broccoli to eat. Well, that day she spends time all through her village making others happy by giving them food. She comes back in time for her appointment with the fairy godmother. And she says, I love my hair. I don't want to get rid of it because I realize that making other people happy, seeing how what made me different could help someone else, that actually made me feel good. And so, boys and girls, my message to you would be that what makes you different makes you powerful. Now I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about something that you're good at, something you've always been good at. I don't want it to be a talent that you've had to work really hard to achieve or to have. I want you to think about something that has always come naturally to you. We all have gifts. What's something that you are good at? Do you learn concepts easily in class? Are you a super fast runner? Do you notice kids who are left out? Are you kind to them? Are you artistic? Are you able to communicate well? Do you understand what you read? Whatever it is that you have that comes naturally to you, I want you to choose a gift, the one that you're thinking of. And I want you to know that that is your superpower. If you focus on that, instead of trying to have everybody else's gifts, maybe that don't come quite as easily to you, trying so hard to be other people, if you focus on the gifts that comes naturally to you, you will be unstoppable. Pause on the assembly listeners. I want to share a quick story with you. I remember right where I was when I received a phone call, a phone call from my sister, Amy. Amy is in episode three, being seen as a mother, and her husband did an episode on learning to receive. Anyways, just a little backstory. If you follow the podcast, you kind of are getting to know some of my family members now. Well, Amy called me and I was standing outside on my back porch in my old house. And she told me that she just finished reading Broccoli Punzel, this story, aloud to her kids. They had a copy. She said that the message of the story hit her so hard that she just had to call me right away. This was a story for adults, she said. She said, this isn't just for kids, this is for adults. A story about accepting and learning our gifts that we were given, that we have. And Amy, she felt so sure and passionate about that this was a message that adults needed to hear just like kids. And she was seeing things in a story that I wrote that even I hadn't really seen that clearly until she showed it to me. That conversation was an important moment for me. It's one that I look back on and now I can see the significance behind where that conversation, that moment led me. So why do adults need this message that what makes them different makes them powerful? It's self-acceptance, but it's also a solution to one of the great thieves of joy, one of the greatest causes of depression, addiction, you name it, comparison. I have a friend who is amazing about being happy for her friends. She is one of the best examples of this to me. She is a cheerleader to everyone, but she doesn't put herself down. I've watched her life and I've analyzed her and I've tried to figure it out. How does she do it? How does she feel so genuinely happy for other people and lift them up and congratulate them in their successes and not take it as a personal attack on herself? And I think I figured it out. It's because she's confident in her own skills. She's worked at her own superpowers. She has things that she's good at and she knows that she's good at it. She takes the time to work on herself. 
I can see it in myself, the good and the bad. The day that I started recognizing that I was unique and I started believing that I had something to offer that was specific to me alone, I was more easily able to look at others and feel sincere excitement for them in their successes. I remember having the same conversation with Rob for about three years in our marriage. Before I had kids, I was in college learning and then I was in public schools teaching and I liked my career choice. I enjoyed it. I was able to be creative in it, create curriculum. But I did make an intentional choice that when I had my first baby, I wanted to stay home and take care of him. While that was an intentional choice, holy cow, was that an identity crisis for me. Going from working full time, feeling successful at what I did, to coming home and doing this beautiful work, but one that no one was around to comment on or congratulate me on or thank me for, the adjustment was rough for me. It was so rough. A little ways into motherhood, Rob could tell that I was missing something. I loved being a mom. I felt blessed and genuinely wanted to be the person at home taking care of my baby. Still, when I came home, I gave up a part of my life that had brought me a different sense of creativity and development. And I hadn't found something to replace that part of my life. And I think it was showing. The conversation that Rob and I would have would go something like this. Rob, so what do you want to do for yourself? Me? What do you mean? Rob, you've talked and we've talked about you wanting to develop yourself in other ways. Me, I'm just so freaking tired and emotional. I can't even think about that right now. I can't even picture trying to make time to do one more thing. Often, these conversations ended in me feeling like maybe Rob didn't think that what I did as a mom was important and it made him feel like he just couldn't say anything to me. But he knew me and he knew that when I left teaching, I missed having something that made me create. I missed that sense of making something new out of nothing. I was able to eventually be led to creating this podcast and to creating content to present in front of groups and in front of people. I remember taking his advice that I think he told me once that he probably heard somewhere else. He said, think about what you could talk about all day long and still have more to say about. That's what you should do something with. And I knew what that was people seeing each other, compassion, connection, our human need for each other, my experiences and being seen, all things Brene Brown, whatever you want to call it. I could talk about it all day long because I had a true passion for it because I saw how it changed my life. And as I've said before, it's something that I feel 100% confident in saying I'm right about. I think I'm right about it. I started asking questions. I would ask other people, would you like starting a podcast? Is that something you think would be fun? And I actually found it a relief that other people didn't want to most of the time. They'd be like, uh, no, I would never want to do that. And that was good for me because it made me realize that perhaps this growing passion in me was on purpose and it was unique to me. And maybe that meant I was supposed to do something with it. Maybe even it was a gift from God or for others of you, whatever you believe in, higher power, the universe, fate, it just seemed to line up. Some people were excited for me when I decided to start on this venture. Some were more skeptical. And I noticed a pattern that the ones that were excited, they were the same people that were confident in their own lives. They were making their own intentional decisions. While I have been blessed and I honestly have not had very much negative criticism, any that I have had has come from people who seem to be unsure about their own path. They don't know what their superpower is maybe, Or maybe they're not even sure if they have one at all. 
those are the people that I find tend to be negative towards what I'm doing with my life right now. Since I've started my own journey in public speaking and being really open and vulnerable and podcasting, it's kind of lit this fire in me and it's provided a great deal of fulfillment, that creativity I was missing. And I also find myself much more easily able to give compliments and really feel them to my core. I can look at someone that is good at something that I'm not good at and genuinely feel excited for their success because I know I have my own superpowers and I have them for a reason. So a personal example I can give, my two best friends from high school, Jenna and Molly, they know who they are. (laughs) Shout out to Jenna and Molly. We all live in different states now, but we Marco Polo every day and we love each other. These two girls both have incredible voices and I used to be so self-conscious about the fact that I was not this amazing singer. Now it's not something I worked at, right? But I did do choir with them because I wanted to be with them and I wanted to be with my friends. But I realized just the other day that I'm not self-conscious about that anymore. And I thought about why is that? Why am I not self-conscious about not being as good at singing as they are? And I realized it's because I'm at a place in my life where I'm developing my own superpower. Instead of trying to be somebody else or what I think other people want, I've found that what makes me different, what comes naturally to me, it's already here. I already have it. And I'm trying to fine tune that. I'm trying to fine tune my ability to communicate, my ability to present. And I have a lot of work still to go, but I already had something growing in me. This is one reason why I love to talk to teenagers and adults especially about finding their superpowers because... I believe it can help them defeat one of our greatest thieves of joy, which is comparison. I mean, all day we can talk about how you shouldn't compare, you shouldn't compare, you shouldn't compare, right? But I feel like we need something to replace it. It's kind of the same with negative thoughts. You can say, I'm not going to focus on my negative thoughts, I'm going to get rid of them. What makes it even better, what makes that practice even more powerful is if you have something to replace it with. So you're not just left with dead space that you're trying not to have a negative thought pop into. In the same way that works, that way of thinking, instead of just trying to not compare, which is on the defense, I suggest playing a little offense. Find your superpower, hone in on it and run with it and allow people to find theirs. Encourage them, cheer them on. It doesn't have to threaten you when someone else is good at something. If you feel threatened by other people when they're good at something, which I totally have, and I think is a completely normal human feeling, it still happens to me. I think it's a good opportunity for you to look at yourself and say, hey, am I not developing somewhere that I really wish I was? And go from there. All of us have looked at other people and judged them for being brave, for getting out there, for being loud, for doing things that we don't have the guts to do. I'm trying to do something brave right now. And I'm trying to encourage others to find their gifts, to find out their own talents and skills. They have things that I'm not good at. And I think they should do it. If you want to start a podcast, do it. If you don't, cool. What do you want to do? I really believe that if you look at what you want to do with your life, you're going to have less mental room and energy to compare yourself with other people because you're gonna have some confidence and that you're doing your own work. And you can let other people do theirs. You don't have to feel threatened by it. For the most part, I don't feel threatened anymore. At least on my good days, I don't. Because I have superpowers and I have them for a reason. 
And so I'm not scared anymore when someone else is good at something that I'm not because I have my home base. Okay, we're gonna unpause the assembly. I need you to get back in your Indian cross legs seating position and I'm gonna tell you a story before we end. All right, kids, so you have your superpower in the forefront of your mind. You can open your eyes now and I wanna tell you about a superpower that I feel like I have. Ever since I was little, I have loved people. I've loved people. I have been interested in people. I've loved having lots of friends. I've loved making people smile. Well, across the street from me lived a lady. And whenever I saw her, I thought she seemed kind of sad, unhappy. Have you guys met someone that seemed sad before? Yeah? Well, this lady seemed sad and I thought, oh, I love people and I'm good at making them happy so I can cheer her up. So when we would be outside with our kids or I'd be checking mail, I'd try and talk to her. I'd say, hey, how are you? How are things going? I'd try and ask about her kids. This went on for a little bit and I thought maybe I was helping her to feel happy. Maybe she felt like she had a friend. Well, another girl that I knew living in the same neighborhood came to me and she said, hey, the girl across the street that you keep trying to talk to, she doesn't like you. And I thought, what? And I said, why not? Why doesn't she like me? And she said, she told me that she feels like you're nosy. How do you think that made me feel? Yeah, it made me feel really bad, really sad. And so I thought, well, I don't want anyone to think I'm nosy and I don't want to bug other people. I like making people happy. So I decided to take my gift and I decided to cover it. And the next few days when I'd go to the store, when I'd go to the post office and I'd see people and I'd usually talk to them and ask the cashier how their day was going, I decided not to. I decided I was going to be quiet because I didn't want to be annoying. How do you think I felt after a couple of days of doing that? I felt awful. I felt even worse than when I was called nosy because there's nothing worse than not feeling like you can be yourself, than feeling like your gift is a problem. Well, not very long after this experience, I had four different people in my neighborhood come to me on their own and thank me. All of these people said something like this. Julie, when I first moved here, I was so scared. Have any of you moved? Do you know what that's like? Yeah, it's scary, right? Well, this person would say, I just moved here and I was scared. I didn't know if I'd have any friends. And you were the first person that talked to me here. You were the first person that made me feel like maybe it's going to be okay here because I have a friend already. I know this girl and she's nice. How do you think that made me feel? It made me feel amazing to be able to use what makes me different and be able to help somebody else. It felt so good. So I want you to put your hands in the air. I want you to show me one hand with four fingers up and the other hand with one finger up. So you have a four on one hand and a one on the other. Now, I want you to practice putting them in front of your eyes. So you're gonna first put your hand with the four in front of your eyes, and then I want you to switch and put the one in front of the eyes. Now, which of these do you think I should focus on? Should I focus on the four people that I helped with my gift or the one person that was annoyed by me using my gift? Which one do you think? Show me by the raise of hands, show me. I want you to show me a four or one. Which should I focus on? Which should I truly see? Yeah, the four. You have to focus on the four. The one, it's going to happen, and I don't need to be mad about it. I don't need to be angry at that person. They have their own stuff to work out. They're probably hurting, but I need to remember and keep the four close to my face to remember 
that what makes me different makes me powerful and it is worth it. It is worth running into any ones I'm going to see. Boys and girls, thank you for listening. Please do not forget that what makes you different makes you powerful and that you don't need to be anybody but yourself because you're enough just as you are and you have everything you need to be an awesome superhuman being. My name is Julie Lee and I see you.